uh, it's one of my favorites. It's called Maximum Capacity. An ancient and valuable fragile Chinese vase or vase had been found by the villagers. There was an argument in the tea house as to its exact capacity. During the wrangling, the mullah entered. The people appealed to him for a ruling. Simple, said Nasruddin. Bring the vase here together with some sand. He had the vase filled with layer after layer of fine sand, packing it down with a mallet. Ultimately, it burst. There you are, he turned to the company triumphantly. The maximum capacity has been reached. All of you, all you have to do now is to remove one grain of sand and you will have the precise amount needed to fill a container like this. Uh-huh. So, oh, what, what do you think this story right. teaches us? <laughs> I was on mute. Thank you. Yes, uh, we'll be doing stand-up today. So what do you think that's about? First thing that um, comes to me is that it's um, about like static dynamic definitions of things. So everybody wanted to know, you know, how how much to assess like what how, what category to put the vase in or like exactly the number that of its capacity probably for some sort of valuation exercise or something like that something to do with commerce and um he's looking at it differently he's looking at you know it's something is full when it can't hold anymore so uh that's and it's more of a dynamic definition. It's when you try to put something in it and it breaks, you know, you've gotten to a full. <laughs> okay. So if I understand you correctly, you're saying there's different kinds of knowing. Yeah. Different ways of looking one, at, one at, at the same one thing. One way of knowing. Mm -hmm. And they were coming at it from this other way. But also in the way that he's destroying the thing, like maybe I another level if you're looking at it as a spiritual capacity or um the idea like it reminds me of the idea of like phenophila which is like when you get to a certain place it's not you who has the capacity anymore because you don't exist because you don't what you don't exist anymore you've been broken Okay. Can you I, hear me? That, yeah. It just kind of broke up just a little bit. Oh, okay. I'll try again. So the idea being that like you have a, like you, you, what you're like thinking about the, what's my capacity, but there's a me in there. Um, so at the point where you're actually with Allah, there is no you to have a capacity. There's just a law. Right. So 
your your me has been broken. I see. So the question doesn't make sense anymore. Okay, then the other way that you're looking at it is, it's an absurdity to ask the question. Yeah. So he, he took it to the to the end of the absurdity. Yeah, I suppose the interesting thing would be what were the people expecting? They all, in what way were they thinking about the capacity? For what, what purpose did they want to know? Because uh, I think that's, to me, that's a big one as well. Like when you're looking, when I'm doing teaching and stuff, someone wants to know the answer to something. I'm like, well, it depends what you want to do with that answer. Because the answer a lot of the time depends on your intention and your goal. Okay, good. I like all of those. Other ideas about what that might be about? Um, <clears throat> oh, for me, Sheikh, it just brought, uh, reminded me of attachment, um, that they were all really attached to the, uh, to the teacup or, or the vase um, and, and what its capacity was. And he sort of, uh, I don't know, sort of destroyed that or, or broke that. Maybe the absurdity of what you were saying about it. Um, that was the first thing. And the other thing was um, it just reminded me about, yeah, filling, we keep filling our cup and, um, and maybe the, the purpose is to become empty. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good too. Let's find out what, what, how much it holds. Well, what if it holds nothing? Or what if it holds this much and then a little bit less? I like these. These are, these are Zen koan-like stories where you have to make a leap. Any other thoughts about that? So, first thing came to my mind was uh, every person, everything, like everything, every person has a capacity. If we will try to fill in more than his capacity, like a vase, the person will broke. Um, the capacity, we call it a surf. Everyone has a surf. So, we have to be careful when we fill someone or fill someone with knowledge uh, what he is capable of holding. Okay, so understanding what a person's capacity is able to take. Okay. Would you say Nazruddin was saying there that they were asking a question they didn't have the capacity to understand the answer to? Right. Yeah, so if I told you it holds three and a half ounces, that has no meaning. But this also, this is my meaning of it. It's one mm -hmm. less than this grain. I was also thinking, Sheikh, um, just with the, the end bit, it kind of got me thinking about breaking the mold and changing the way you see things. Mm -hmm. Good, yeah. <clears throat> There's many ways to see things. It isn't mm -hmm. just 
time. Yeah, exactly. Because if you go too linear, then you can't, you get blinkered. You can't see it like other ways. Right. And you lose your ability to explore the world and, and everything that's happening. Okay. And so it's kind of like the bigger picture. Mm. Okay, good. Anything you want to say? No, I, I think Mui was, I found Mui's sort of uh, quite interesting mm. in terms of Fanao Fila and that sort of, uh, so I never thought about that. Uh, I was more thinking don't, don't fill a person <laughs> to his capacity or, or, or keep a margin. The other thing is don't ask a question to people who don't understand how to answer it, maybe. Uh, yeah. Good. But yeah. About, yeah, but I think Mui's explanation of Finafila was probably the deepest and uh, was interesting. Mohammed and um, and uh, Joad, you just reminded me of this. Um, uh, there's a, like a comedy act by the Irish comedian Dylan Moran. I don't know if you know him. He did Black Books, and um, he does this whole thing where he says, "Everybody's trying to, you know, say I want to reach my potential, reach my potential." I'm like, no, 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 don't go there. You'll muck it up. <laughs> if you if you stay away from your potential in your mind it'll always remain palatial yeah, yeah. <laughs> stay away it's your potential it's not supposed to be reached yeah oh, okay good very good okay I'm going to continue on with the secret of secrets oh you can't see it oh look at that it appears it disappears <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, I want to finish up. We were the chapter before we were talking about on knowledge. Uh, I'd like to. This is a really important part of the teachings, and uh, and it doesn't hurt if you've heard it before because it'll give you you have a new understanding of it. <clears throat> Abdul Qadir Al Jalani says. The person who knows must be aware that the child of the spirit, which is born in their heart, is the meaning of true humanity. That is the true human being. He should educate the child of the heart, teaching unity through constantly being aware of unity, leaving this world of matter and of multiplicity, seeking the spiritual world, the world of mysteries, where there is none other than the essence of Allah. <clears throat> In reality, there is no other place but that place, which has no end, no beginning. The child of the heart soars over the, that infinite field seeing things that none have seen before, none could tell of, none could describe. That place is the home of those who left themselves behind and found unity with their Lord, who saw what they saw with the same eye as their Lord, the eye of unity. When they can see the beauty and the grace of their Lord there, there is nothing of their temporal being left in them. If one looks at the sun, one can see nothing else. Neither can one see oneself. When Allah's beauty and grace are manifest, 
What could be left of oneself? Nothing. Jesus, peace be upon him, said, a person has to be born twice to reach the realm of the angels, like the birds who were born twice. It is the birth of the meaning from the act, the birth of the spirit from the flesh. That possibility is in humans. That is the mystery, the secret of humans. It is born of the intercourse of a person's knowledge of the religion and the person's awareness of the truth as all children are born of the union of two drops of water. Quote, verily we created man from a drop of seminal fluid in order to try him. So we gave him the gifts of hearing and sight. When meaning becomes manifest in being, it becomes easy to pass through the shallows into the sea of creation and to immerse oneself in the depths of Allah's commandments. All of the material universes are but a drop in comparison to the sea of the spiritual world. It is only when all this is understood that the spiritual power and light of the mysteries of divine nature, the real truth, emanate into the world without words and without sound. <clears throat> so in understanding this, this is what we're working towards is to give birth to the child of the heart, the spirit that is innocent and open-eyed and aware and unified with the law. To do that requires burning away the nefs and to die before you die through uh, fighting your nefs and by asking Allah for forgiveness. Forgiveness is as important as zikr, adab, rabita. You can't do this without asking Allah for forgiveness. Okay, so how do you understand what we just read? I have a question. Uh, I missed one line when you were uh, explaining, uh, when you were reading, in the intercourse of knowledge of the religion, and there was something, one more element was there. Yeah. It was self-awareness or something? I think it was awareness of the truth. Awareness of the truth. Uh. Intercourse of, of, the, of a person's knowledge of religion and awareness of the truth as all children are born of the union of two drops of water. In, in other words, <clears throat> understanding how things work, that's the Sharia, but also understanding the Tarika, why things are that way. And from that you learn the truth, which is Hakika, which is the reality. You understand how the reality works 
And from that, you can put that into action, which is marifat. And from and that's how you enter into marifat is through the being aware of the child of the spirit or the child of the heart, the one that can reach into uh, the world of the angels and be Allah's eyes and ears of this world. Yeah. Questions, comments. I have a question. Um, when we say uh, that Tazkiyah, a person um, has got the Tazkiyah, what does that mean? Uh, um, does it mean that even the wrong thought will not come, any kind of wrong thought will not come his, in his mind? Or wrong thought would come, but he would not act onto it or he will not entertain the thought? What is, yeah. the, what is the level of proper proper purification it's a continuous process of getting uh more closer more close to allah that drawing closer to allah is a continuous purification meaning that we're human beings and we're made to make mistakes no one is perfect allah is perfect and that's the end of that what good we are able to do comes from Allah. What other stuff is the nafs and that's ours. The idea of uh, acting on the good because we will have thoughts and we are not uh, isolated, even though we are isolating in place, we're all sheltering, but we uh, are affected by things around us. And so, even if you lived a completely pure life and you're watching television or a movie or you're reading a book or somebody says something, you could be influenced by a thought, but you have to look at that thought and see the truth of it. What's the reality of that idea or that thought? Does that help make this world a better place? Does that help me do something well? So the idea, uh, this is a process and it's not one where you reach the end and you go, I'm free of all nafs. It doesn't happen. What happens is it gets subtler and subtler. Levels of Latif. So what happens is you, you learn as you go along and and you get enough of the nafs out of the way so that you can deal with the ones that are coming right now. Yeah, Louie. Uh, I just, you just, as you were talking about that, reminded me of an experience I had yesterday. Where I was driving home um, and I had purchased the fish and chips for my family and I had the party. And I have this nafs habit where Sometimes my hand thinks for me, picks up food and puts it in my mouth before I've realized that it's actually happened. Okay. So, you know, I, I think like I try and do the right thing most of the time, but this is one of those things that, that I struggle with. So uh, there was, you know, these hot chips just sitting there begging to be eaten. 
say, you know what? I was I set my mind. I was like, hey, intentionally look at the chip packet and pick up a running, not eat it. So I had kept, <laughs> my hand kept creeping over, and I was like, I caught it just as it touched the chip. I was like, nope. <laughs> I had to put like my hand under my <laughs> under my leg, <laughs> and then I went back again. I was like, uh-uh, no, you didn't know. And then I was like, okay, I am going to have a chip now. That one's allowed. Because <laughs> I was conscious of it, yeah? Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and I think that's part of, like, when you say bad as well, like good and bad things and good and bad thoughts, a lot of it's contextual as well for what's, what's bad for one person in a certain situation and what's bad for another person in a certain situation. They might be a bit different, like, it might not be bad for, for one person to eat a few chips out of a packet. But for me at that point in time, because I was unconscious of it and it was a habit, it was bad. And I wanted to do something about it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, there are some things that are definitely bad. I mean, I'm not saying there's no there's things that are, you know. But then, then again, you know, a kid murdered a kid. So <laughs> it's all, like some of it's contextual. Um, uh even 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 some of the things we consider to be absolutely good or bad can be changed on the, depending on who is doing it and why they're doing it and when. So I think that's something we have to be careful about too. Is the idea of oh I I'm not doing I'm only doing good things. I'm not doing any bad things because uh, any problems with that. When you start talking about how good you are, then you've got a problem. That's a bad thing. <laughs> Paradoxically. <laughs> Yeah, Every, and it's, it's, yeah. it's not always it's yeah. a straight line. Some of this stuff, it's wobbly. Yeah, sorry. Got, um, I said every everything for me is contextual, right? E even killing a person, probably there are contexts where it becomes uh, good rather than bad. So, 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 so I think most of the things, evil and good and bad, are 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 can't, you can't separate the context uh, from that definition. And also one, one thing to struggle with, Sheikh, and, and I probably don't have an answer to that. Um, uh, and that's probably the fundamental question. You talked about the test that Allah has mm. created. Mm -hmm. So the thing I struggle with is why the test, right? I, and I, I've never had a reasonable answer. And, and you talk to three different books and different people and their different explanation. He created it as a test to sort of as a blessing on you, or or he created <coughs> us to worship him, uh, or, or or but but all of them don't. So either they they point to a uh, an a, a narcissist god who needs to be uh, worshipped, mm. um, and uh, so 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 I understand the test is there as a free will you have, you can do, but, but but the fundamental question is why the test? Nobody asked for it, right? Well, if you want to grow, no, why it's it's exist, yeah. I, I, so cr growth does not matter if there was no test or no existence. How do you know when you've learned something? No, we are presupposing existence. Hmm? We are presupposing existence. Yes. Yeah, but but the question is why why the test in the first place? What why? I, I'm trying to answer. You. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Are you talking about a test as in a test that comes to you? Are you talking about like the whole of life as a test? 
Yeah, the whole of life is a test. So we talk, I think in the, what Sheikh read also had a mention of a test that life is a, life is a test here from our religious. Do you want a teacher's answer? Sorry? Do you want a teacher's answer about tests? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, I can only tell you about from my perspective as a teacher. When I, te when I test a child, there's, there's usually two main reasons. One is, what do they already know so that I know what to teach them next? Yeah. And the second one is, have they learnt what I tried to teach them? Uh, yeah, yeah. I understand the test, but, but, but a child exists. You don't create a child to give him a test. Right? And, and, uh, and I, I'm not sure if you can separate existence out from struggle, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, you know, when, if you want to exist, everything that exists that we know of has to grow and adapt to different circumstances. So the pattern there, this is all, this is all I can say. I might not, might not answer your question, but to me, it's like tests that are not designed by a human, like things that come just in your life, are part of the struggle of trying to break free of the confines that you're in. Um, like a child doesn't, like children do it to themselves, right? They give themselves tests. They'll they'll jump up on a on a thing that's a, just a little bit higher than they think they can they can reach, just to see if they can get there. And then they're so excited when they get there because they've gone beyond what they were. Yeah. And there's this sense of achievement. Um, yeah. So I think human beings uh, they crave that. Human beings want to. No, go I, further. I, I understand. What, I, 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 I do get the concept of the test. Yeah. But, but all this doesn't matter. Create. So, so what creation itself wouldn't, this wouldn't be discussed. It's not the, it's not the, why the test or what, uh, it's more about why the test. Yeah. So creation itself is, is it for a test? And we were talking yeah. about everybody. Um, if you want to be exist, Right, so that's that's not a question that has been asked for any one of us, right? Uh, you mean why existence? Is that what you're saying? Like, why do we exist? Yeah. So, so we talked about existence as Allah has created us to test us, or to per perfect us, or purify us, or ah, I, I so why create in the first place? Is is it more like a pastime, or or is it more like a let's see what what happens? Let's, okay, a couple couple ways to look at this. Did you want to answer that, Moy? Um, the only thing I would say is the, the, the old quote, you know, I was a secret treasure and I desired to be known. So I created the universe so that it could know me. Isn't, isn't this narcissist a bit? Shirk, can I... Uh... Well, if it wasn't a lot, it would be Shirk, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it it goes there, but 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 you know when when we say Allah does not really, it, nothing matters to him. So so even getting known, I understand I'm a rock star. I would like people to know me, right? So so, so but but being Allah is is there is there is there a need to be known? Because not a need, but a, Sheikh, can I answer? Look at it as a love, as as Rahman and Rahim. 
What's the best way to show Rahman and Rahim? How, how, how can, uh, if I'm Allah, how can I show my manifestations, my sacred names? How can I show them except by putting it into form? I mean, another yeah, way of seeing that is this is this is what Allah is. Allah is becoming Allah. That's what Allah does because that's part of what Allah is. It's becoming what it is and expressing that. Yeah, but, um, but, so it spreads it out. He puts all of this out there, all the names and all their different ways because that's Allah. This is a law. And this is us as a law, knowing a law through these manifestations. There's the potential, as Sheikh types, Sheikh Tanner talks about this all the time, the potential and the actual, the manifested. Because if, if, if I have all these qualities, hmm. who knows it? Who cares? But if I throw it out there into the world and say, here you go. What are you going to do with this? This is how you learn a law. So it's a law of learning a law through being through life and all the different parts of life. Yeah, it's probably a, yeah. Yeah. Um, may I express my understanding and then you can correct me. Maybe I, I could be wrong. Okay. Um, I think you have not been put into a test. No one has been put into a test. Allah has not created you to put into a test. It's you who accept some challenge and then do testing for yourself. Which means if, for example, you are sitting here and you want to cleansing your nerves, actually you have taken a challenge for yourself. Otherwise you are okay to drink or otherwise you are okay to do anything, whatever you want whatever arrogance or or lust or whatever you want allah is uh, doesn't need anything uh, from you actually it's you who willingly accepts the challenge and cleans yourself and that is the test when you're when you are lower than what you are trying to achieve that will remain the test and the day you will reach to the same level the test will not become will not remain a test that's my understanding yeah that's that's another context that I, what, what what Jawad is asking is does a lot need any of this mm -hmm. why why put all of this out there what you're saying is uh, we can take this on and learn if we want to that's a choice that we have that's free will Allah has given us free will to go, I want to learn you, Allah. And then when you say that, then Allah puts you into the programmed learning course. Yes, Allah. yes, you are right. And and uh, what Jawad was saying that, uh, are we created to, to be tested? That I was, my understanding is, Allah has not created us that I'm sending you to test you. He, he has not created in that way. He is saying, yeah, you are free. Uh, test yeah there is no test you are here to discover you have you are here to discover me uh, so you can reach to a level when you can continuously see me when you will reach to jannah 
you have to reach to the level that that's why you are here yeah yes ma'am the way another way to look at this is it's it's i don't see it as tests but then i'm not god um but the question i would ask is how does allah choose these challenges in life why is it that you know a, a child could be born and they lose both their parents how come a child is born and they have a grave illness um you know some people seem to have a lot more challenges than others some people it would appear from where we're sitting you know have a fairly simple life some people have a very difficult life so how I guess the question I would ask is, you know, is, is this a karmic thing? You know, why is it that some people have certain challenges and others don't? Oh boy. Okay. You want to go there. <laughs> can, can I add yeah, on that? Yeah, sure. I, I think Yasmin, once you accept it's a test, right then you can understand the scenario right so there are different scenarios to 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 test and different challenges and obstacles and beauty and uh, i i understand jawad but then my, my question my question is even before that right so if if yeah. what why yes yeah, so so there is there is the ultimate reality right yeah uh, we are not an ultimate reality right so 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 we are not uh, uh, whether the ultimate reality is laws of physics or outside time and space we are not the ultimate reality we we are a creation uh, uh, by by the ultimate reality for a specific purpose right and once you accept that the, the if, if you look religious text or spiritual text or anything the the reason of that creation is either he wanted to be known which is which i don't buy it because it it uh, it shows a need in in an abs ultimate reality so god is not needy there there should be no need to be known or no ego to be satisfied or to be worshiped right so so that's another angle to look at it which again given the ultimate reality is boundary sort of a um uh kind of me sounds like very uh it's not but jawed i think you know this you know like uh, that that phrase you know that god needs to be known i think that is not necessarily god saying it i would suggest it's for us right it's it's for 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 us to be able to get close to god so i think there's a bit of a a uh, probably reverse psychology in that statement. Say hello. Mm. Hi. <laughs> hey, I'm ready. You're all saying hello. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. <coughs> I'm leaving. Uh, so, universe. One way to answer this. Hey, sweetie, just woke up, huh? One way to answer this is this is 
this is a hakika. This is a knowing that comes to you. It's not something that I can tell you. This is the reason why. This is Ilm al-Hak al-Yakin. This is a knowing that comes to your heart and you begin to understand, but it's not something I can use words to explain because there's so, so much self, so much nefs that are in the way. Once, once you clear the nefs out of the way enough, it makes sense. It makes sense to see the, the potential and the actual or the actuated. That makes sense. That, that makes the whole picture of Allah. And we're only, we're a process. We're not an end product. We're in process of learning the answer. I think the words because I can't Sorry. see him anymore. Sorry, I think Gerard's getting completely out of the way because I can't see him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's disappearing as we speak. There we go. Okay, disappearing, Gerard. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there now. <laughs> Magic. Yes, and now watch. Here he goes. Woo! Coming in and out, phasing. So, does that make sense, John? Yeah, so this does shave. So the way I satisfy myself is uh, uh, because we are prisoners of time, space, and matter, mm. we, can't, we can't understand reality. We always have to express it in stories and allegory. It's more like a, it's more like a poet mm. expressing a complex feeling, mm -hmm. uh, and he'll build up. So he's not lying when he he's using that poetical license. He's expressing a feelings, and feelings generally uh, are difficult to be bound by words, and uh, yeah, and especially feelings which are outside space time or concepts which are outside space time. So you probably use uh, uh, the closest similes that you have available to express that, but they might not fully reflect the reality of that because it's unbounded. It's more like it's more like looking at the sun. You can't look at it because you know it's blind. Yeah, it, it, blind. It, it, it blinds you, and that's how I personally sat. It's not it's not a good answer, but this is how I probably. But Jawad, it's like coming back to the jar, isn't it? The vase. You know, it's like, what's the capacity of the universe? What's the point of all of this? You know, maybe you would have to, you would have to actually fill the whole universe to see and break it to understand it, you know? Mm. You have to go beyond the universe to be able to understand it from that level, like at that deep level of what is creation or what's it here for? The answers will come. If you yeah. keep that clear in your head, I want to know this, it will come to you. But you have to get the other stuff out of the way. Now, another way to look at it is if you think of all of the universe thermodynamically in regards to the energies that are going on here, and that these energies as well as souls manifest, and they're not confined in time. They're confined in terms of Allah's manifestations. Yep. But we're talking big, 
this is the big thoughts here. Uh, and we need lots of room <laughs> to express this. This is, um, in a, and it's a good question. It's an important question to ask. So what is this all about? Why am I here? And why are you here? And what am I supposed to be doing here? That depends. It depends on what you know. And going back to what we started with, what your capacity is. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah thanks. That, that does sort of... Uh... It's energy, you know, yeah. in, in all its different forms. True. True. Alameen, you haven't said anything. Yeah, well done. How did you manage that? Uh, very easy. Just to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find yeah. it easy at all. Just, just listening, show. Just listening. Okay. Rukaya, anything you want to add? Um, the only thing I was thinking with Jawad's question is that the the thing that sounds narcissistic about Allah creating us to know Him is because it's been put into human like language. So it's going to sound like I did this. I want people to know me. Yeah, but it's kind of like the same reason as why you do things as a parent or as, as any sort of person who's caring for someone else is you're doing it because you love them. And as a course of you doing that thing for them, they get to know you. Rahman and Rahim, Yawadud. Yeah. How can, how can Allah show his love except by making it possible for someone to receive that love and then for us to return that love? Yeah. And that's love. So, which means, Sheikh, uh, are you saying that we are here to feel and uh, being touched by that love, by that joy, we, we could become aware or we could be capable of feeling that love, accepting that love and share that love and joy and the satisfaction and all the positive um, feelings to feel. So, so we could become capable of that one, that, that is our journey? That is, that is a path, yes. That is a choice that we can make. Hmm. Sometimes we're not given the choice. Sometimes it's thrust upon us uh, because of a certain situation. Uh, something happens that you become aware. And sometimes people feel it in uh, a moment of crisis or catastrophe or loss. When you when you begin, or or at times uh, close to death, that the idea of getting the big picture, that that we're all, as Rumi calls it, we're just drops in the sea, and we think we're special because we're a drop. But when you're part of the ocean, <laughs> there's a lot of drops. Ah, uh, it's one big drop. But then uh, he also says you're the ocean in a drop, not a drop in the ocean. So it's that paradox, I think, that makes it hard to put a definition. It's Allah in here wanting 
to know Allah, not because Allah has any need, but because Allah loves to have relationship and relationship is Allah. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's, it just goes around yeah, the circle. Unity with, with elements of language that have distinction in them. So it's, how do you do that? You know? Yeah. In this case, English fails. Yeah. It's like how um, the laws of physics break down at the end of a black hole because it, it, it's that language, that mathematical language is meaningless at that point. Same as this language. Yes. You can't find love. That's right. But you can seek it. Mm. And, and you can, I, you can understand it when you get it, but you can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's why all the poetry and songs and paintings and everything that is about love is a reflection, but not the thing itself. So, and the other aspect of that is that the material world, if you look at it in a certain way, is a metaphor for the spiritual world. That what we see here and when we experience love for another human being, what we're experiencing is an analog of what that love is for Allah. Can I come back to Yasmin's question from earlier? Because that just reminded me of something that when you were asking Yasmin about, you know, why does a child, you know, get born with cancer or something, or why does, you know, why do these bad things happen to innocent people? And is that karma or um, whatever? But um, I think the, the, it's, again, it's about our assumptions, maybe about what is good and what is bad. And from our point of view, um, like I've been thinking about this a lot because Liliana in her life has had so many challenges and it doesn't seem fair, you know, it's not fair. Um, but the funny thing is she wouldn't be the person that I love had she not had those challenges. And so there's something there about, what is good for someone and what is bad for someone is not necessarily the way that we think of that. Um, and I think the same is the same with wealth and poverty. And, you know, we, we think of wealth and poverty, poverty, you know, this poverty is this horrible thing and wealth is this, I mean, we know wealth isn't an amazing thing. Everybody knows that deep down, like, you know, that it's not going to fix anything, but we do still feel a bit like that. Like why are some people so well off and all these other people have to suffer, you know? Um, but I don't think that's the way Allah judges things. And I don't think that's the way he sees or she, it, who sees good or bad. It's a different, there's a, there's a different system going on that doesn't, um, yeah, like you feel like things like that are unfair at the time, especially if you're the one experiencing them. But I, my experience is that later on you look back and you can often see that there was a, if not a logical point, uh, some sort of an alchemical point to it, like a transformation occurred through that experience that was possibly even a good in the long run. Yeah. 
another way to look at this, Yasmin, is to see that the soul, everybody's soul is on its own journey. We can't judge where that person's been before or where they're going. All that we can do, all that we have is just a little tiny bit of information that tells us this person maybe is suffering or maybe this person is wealthy. We don't, we don't know all of the parameters that it makes this person doing what they're doing now or dealing with what they have. We don't have that data. So in thinking in this way, I think it's important to expand your view of what a soul's journey looks like. And that we're not the judge and we can't tell another person, well, that's just not fair. You don't know. This is, this is a law's education for that person specifically, their suluk, their path to Allah. This is evolution spiritually, where they've come from, from perhaps previous lives that they've had to deal with problems. And this is the answer to how they solved those problems before. What I'm saying is time, we, we don't understand time. And we don't understand time as souls understand it. All we have is this limited vocabulary of, of the material world that we're living in and little bits of, of insights that we get. So when we see somebody who maybe is suffering or has had problems or dies young, we don't know where they're, what they're dealing with. All that we can do is understand this is Allah's love. They're, Allah is showing them love, but in a way that they need now. And we have no ability to say, well, that's not fair because we don't see the big picture. Does that make sense? Yes, it does, Shake, because, I mean, you know, you kind of touched on what has happened before and we don't know what is to happen after, right? And that makes sense, yes. Because, you know, with karma, which is what they call karma, um, you know, there's, there's a cause and reaction. Um, and that is what we have to, as individuals, have to learn in this life. And that I understand, yes. Right. So we may not have all the information we need, except we do. <laughs> and that is basically adopt. Whatever's going on, approach it with good intention and that you want to make the world a better place and that you are incomplete and that you have much to learn, as does everybody. Nobody's better off than anybody else. We're all on the same block of, of education in in that sense everybody's got their own path that they're working on in that sense i i look at everybody is evolving spiritually they may choose not to 
And that's fine. That's their choice. We may choose to and then get all these tests or Man, that seem like tests. When they hit the wall of fire, though, I mean, eventually we're all going back to a law, right? Yeah. One way or another, we're going to have to evolve. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> On purpose or anyway? Yeah. And so, we, and what, you know, what we say in Sufism is, do you want to do this the hard way or do you want to do it the loving way? Well, if you want to choose love, that's faster. It's a little bit more gut-wrenching and heart-wrenching, but you get there faster and you get there because of love. Allah loves us and wants us to know that love and to be happy. He didn't make this place for us to suffer. We, we're too good at that. We're professional sufferers. And we know how to judge and say what's right and wrong because we're so smart. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> uh, yeah. That's really, that's uh, just, you just, something hit me then when you said that with the, the way we, we know how to make ourselves suffer. Because it's so true that, you know, there's, there's, there, there are sensations like physical, emotional pain that come and they go. And, um, and, and really from a certain perspective, I know it's very difficult because I've been there to, to think about it when you're in the middle of it from that perspective. But from a certain perspective, it is our choice whether that pain becomes a suffering in the way that, you know, like, um, uh, the Buddha would say, you know, the suffering part is actually in your mind. It's not in, it's not in the experience or the sensation yourself itself. It's, it is in the way that you perceive it. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. And it's our choice whether to suffer through something that is assumedly, you know, supposedly on the surface negative or to, accept it as a form of love but it's very difficult for us to get to that place it seems because I, I know personally when i'm in the middle of my suffering <laughs> I, I i i don't see it as a choice i see it as why me <laughs> you know of course um yeah, yeah why is this happening to me uh so why it's an interesting a uh, question of how do we get to the place where we can, even in that darkest of times and those most painful of times, how can we see that from love's point of view, from Allah's point of view, and see it not as a suffering but as a just another experience? Um, yes. How do we how do we do that? Sorry, I just need to plug myself in. Okay. The answer is, again, knowing that behind the whole system is love. We come from love. We return to love. But yeah. these are just words right now. This is, this is a knowing that only comes when it's given to you to see this, to see the reality of it, the hakika of it. And it's... It's, uh, it's experiential. 
the idea that yes, you can make a choice to suffer, but if you want to go to Buddha, what Buddha said was that you suffer because you're attached to the suffering. There's something that is connecting you to it that you're holding on to. Yes. And that that, that itself is, is is the real issue, not not the not not the sensation or the pain or the experience, it's the attachment that is the problem. Yes. So asking to know that love, to seek that love, to intend with all your actions and your efforts and your time to know Allah's love. And when you are suffering, to not accept it, but to see that it is just data. It's information. And the information is based on Allah's mercy and compassion because when you touch, you know, you touch a hot stove, Allah's justice is in motion. Because if that wasn't there, there's some people who can't feel pain. You know, their, their nerves don't work. Um, they have to work out some other kind of uh, dealing with pain. But that's a suffering in a different way because then you can, you can really hurt yourself if you can't feel pain. So it's, it's Allah's justice, his mercy, and allows us to, to grow from it. And this is, it's really, it's all based on love. If the love wasn't there, if the compassion and mercy and the Rahman and the Rahim weren't there, anything could be happening. And you wouldn't learn. It would just be chaos. Now, the, the distinction between seeking a spiritual path and seeking ma just material gain in itself is an aspect of thermodynamics. Because if you seek for the higher, that which is lighter, it will ascend and that which is material and connected to the earth will descend and go into basically mud chaos and, and be caught in the cycle as buddha talks about of samsara which is you know things just going round and round you know looking at a plant the plant turns into dust the dust turns into mud the earth and there's a flower comes into it, maybe there's fungi and there's ants and insects and then something maybe takes seed and grows from that and then that just, you know, this is the cycle of life. It goes on and on. Yeah, Rukaya. Um, I was just wondering about the thing following on from what everyone said about Yasmin's original question. Um, the thing that came to my mind was um, that Allah doesn't give us what we can't handle, which I believe. But then my brain got thinking, how does that work with stuff like um, everyone who's really into activism in certain respects? Um, like the, the wanting to stand up for other people or stand up for causes and stuff like that. How does that work with... So if someone thinks that, okay, like being... Everything, everything's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, okay, well, I want to stand up for other people, but then I also know that Allah is giving the other person what they can handle. So how does that all, like, 
how does it work that I still want to stand up for that person and get them up to a similar level to me? Like that, I, that's where my head's oh, going oh. right now. <laughs> I know, right, Marie? <laughs> if everything's okay, how come things aren't okay? Precisely. <laughs> okay. Um, I think there's two, two or three questions going on in there. Um, we are advised not to get political unless mm -hmm. Allah, you know, directly puts it into your heart that you are to do this action. In which case you will be doing the action and you're doing whatever is necessary because that's what you do. To, you know, we're following what Allah says we're doing. If you do it because you think it's a good thing, then we have a problem. Because then there's a you in there, and and who are you? Who the bloody heck are you? And how do you know? You may be interfering with something that you have no knowledge of, and make things worse. Another aspect of this is what's your intention? Is your intention to show how good you are? You're not good. Allah is good, and like I said, if Allah wants you to do something you'll be doing it you'll know that yeah. it's to be done and you do it and then you let it go because yeah. that's what you do in a way it's like, like activism or or, or help um, charity work is pretty much like anything else right it's allah says do it you do it yeah um but it, i mean I, I guess you have to be careful not to justify a, a a, a position of doing nothing you know saying ah, everything's the way it's supposed to be that's not right either is no. it yeah you gotta because if someone's suffering in front of you your heart will want to yeah exactly exactly that's that's the hard line to kind of work out of like in this situation am i meant to be helping someone obviously it's a lot easier to see it and feel it when it's happening right in front of you, when it's someone in another country or another part of the country or whatever. It's, it's about knowing when you need to step in and when you don't, which is a hard line to work out sometimes. It's a heart line. It is a heart line. You are right, Shay. <laughs> and that's why we practice yes. every day as much as possible how to listen to our heart. Mm. And we do that through assessing in a situation, stopping, this is adab, assessing what do you want me to do in this case, Allah? And me, meaning that you and Allah have a relationship. You should be having a dialogue. And if you don't know, then you ask Allah. If Allah doesn't give you an answer, then you default to adab. You want to make other people feel comfortable and safe. You want to stay out of the way. Um, and you know that if you do something because it calls attention to you, then you know that's that's nefs. Mm. So this is a this is a like I say, a process and a constant <coughs> learning about is this my heart or is this me? Shake, I know I've talked a lot today, but I just wanted to say I'm just becoming a little bit overwhelmed by um, I, uh, I'm just really grateful to everybody in this group because you've taught me so much, um, especially you, Sheikh. Um, 
I'm just the, there's a wave of um of gratitude coming over me right now and um I just I really appreciate all of you and um and how much uh you've you have helped me to to understand Allah and get close to Allah. So thank you everybody. Thank you, Mooney, for all that you say. Thanks everyone. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. So does that answer your question, Rukaya? Yeah, yeah, getting there. It's like there are still some things that I do feel kind of strong about and kind of working out whether that's my heart saying, yes, this is a thing you have to work with. Let, let me think. articulate just a little bit more. What we're trying to do is learn um, how to be good servants of Allah. And one mm. of those things that we are, uh, intend is to be generous, to be kind, to, to in, in other words, all of the um, virtues of the prophet we want to embody. And he was all of those things. So using Allah, uh, Muhammad, peace and blessing upon him, as an example of what a human being does, we have. We have these examples of the prophets to guide us on, well, what would a human being do in this situation? So we can look, and that's the purpose of the stories. It's the purpose of uh, doing rabita with the prophets so that we, we get an understanding of how they saw the world and how they dealt with it as, a, as one who is connected to Allah. So that means, in some cases, doing the practice of, say, being generous and giving somebody uh, some money that's holding out a cup by the side is because you're practicing. And then you, then you listen back to your heart and you go, is that what you're looking for, Allah? Is that good? Mm -hmm. Or was, was I in the way? Am I thinking, oh, I was really generous. And then you go, oh, geez, no, that's not right. <laughs> yep. Oops. So, uh, so it's practice, and it's always practice. It's a continuous practice. That's why we do a job, so that we're putting other people before ourselves. Because, mm -hmm. you know, who doesn't want to talk about themselves? If we allow people to talk about themselves, the world becomes better because people feel at peace and they feel listened to. But if I talk about myself because I want to talk about myself, then we're right. We haven't moved forward at all. Yeah. So the purpose of Adab is that practice of putting other people before yourself. The practice of generosity is to embody virtues of the Prophet and manifestations of Allah, Ya Karim. <clears throat> Yeah. So, do you, if I understand you correctly, are you saying kind of like, look, if you want to go and give a whole lot of money to a charity, go ahead because we know that that's in general a kind of a good thing to do. That's positive, right? But just check about whether it's your nafs. You know, as you do it, you can get that feedback of, is this? Am I doing this for me or am I doing it for Allah? And and you can understand where it's coming from and then work on that. Yes. Yeah. 
and you get so if you're doing something halal right there's nothing wrong with it it's just about whether it's about you that's right and and this brings up the the concept of intention and action being in a coherent uh phase that it's it's connected if you're doing it for me but i'm doing a good thing then you've poisoned the good thing mm. if i do something bad but i'm trying to do a good thing it's still not it's not linking up so learning how to do that uh gets you into a state of putting others before yourself and the practice of getting out of the way which is a good name for a book <laughs> so you're reminding me of my my whole teaching journey as well shake when you talk about that because you go in there saying you know i'm going to help some kids learn things and you know you walk you get to the middle of the day and you, you find yourself yelling at somebody <laughs> and you're like oh wait a second <laughs> Some, along the way here something's gone wrong you know um, so it's unless you go into the world and you do that practice and you try though uh you can't get better at it exactly and we want to get better mm. and better means every day a little bit more but you have to watch out for the nefs because mm. the nefs will go uh i've got it down i'm fine now i'm better now <laughs> i am better and, in, and it's good to assess where you're at spin. you know before i thought everything was unfair or i i would used to judge people now not as much but the idea is um assessing where you're at now where you and you can do this by comparing yourself to where you've been you know, and also maybe the friends you used to have and how, who, you, who, who you're with now um, as part of this spiritual evolution that we can evolve, which is a fantastic idea by Allah. Thank you, Allah, for allowing us to grow. Alhamdulillah. And sometimes I, in, in terms of growing, I also think about snakes who have to shed their skins every once in a while, which is probably fairly painful and you feel kind of raw afterwards. So, Would that be a good representation of letting go of naps? Yeah. Yeah. And then dealing with the next set. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, definitely that transition stage would be quite raw and thinking about like when you have to do a big transition mm -hmm. for us, it's like, oh, whoa, okay. How do I deal with this now? <laughs> like this is, everything's new now. What's happened? New, and I have no idea how anything works. And yeah, exactly. Give me the handbook on how yeah. it's supposed to work. And you're going, where's Help. the manual? <laughs> yeah, where's the manual. Would I read it? No, but yeah. Well, Allah says, it's called the Quran. You're like, oh yeah, that thing. I should probably read it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? Uh, Muhammad, are you still there? Yes, I am. Yeah. 
This is uh, kind of typical of our discussions. Uh, I would do Zikr, but I'm not feeling absolutely wonderful right now. I feel my chest has uh, something in it, probably a aardvark or something. But <sighs> um, I've heard that can be painful. Sounds spiky. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, anything else that anybody wants to to say? Jawad, we went through, that was kind of a dance there. Yeah. Yeah, no. I think, yeah. It's, it's... Good questions. Yeah. Good, good questions. Yeah, very good, good questions. Yeah, maybe, maybe there are not, there are no answers to some questions. It's probably just have to, uh, uh, in, in, in. You are the answer. Yeah, you. probably, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because some, some some answers you feel them, but you can never express them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think uh, Arabic and Turkish are much better in discussing the real subtle spiritual stuff. Yeah, English isn't quite as up on it. Yeah, because I think they are older languages. Maybe one of the reasons. Hmm. Um, English is relatively. Uh, newer language yeah so we we do use newer. a lot of the uh you know uh turkish and arabic to describe some of the states um but the marines manual has all of that listed including a glossary so uh and, and as we do this we get better at talking about it because it's uh we develop our own vocabulary and understand what we mean so when I'm talking about a spiritual evolution, I'm talking about something that takes millennia. You know, millennia. I have got um, crying group. baby. I'm going to have to go. Still on looking. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you. So we'll uh, close it off today. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Rahman, Rahim. Maliki Yomadin, Eakana Bodoa, Eakana Stain, Edina Sarata Mustakin, Sarata Ladzina Namta Lakim, Hyril Makdubi Lakim, Walla Dali. Amen. Salam Alaikum, Ratula Barakatu, who I'll see everybody next week. Let me know if you see have you any questions. Week. Give me a call. Text me. Thank you for sure. for joining us today. Thank you, Yasmin, for hosting. Salam, Sheikh. Salam alaikum. Salam alaikum, everyone. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Have a great week. everyone. You too. Salam alaikum, Marids, seekers, curious, and interested listeners. We appreciate you and are happy to share our Sufi message. Your donation will help support our Sufi center in Sydney, where we do zikr, sobat, spiritual counseling, and healing services. We believe the message should be free, but it costs equipment rental, services, software, and hardware to get this to you. 
thank you for choosing our podcast among all the millions available. If you go to our website, ansarisufiorder.org, you will be able to donate through PayPal whatever you think this information is worth to you. Blessings and love, the Australian Ansari Sufi Order.